0: Welcome to Noisy the show where I talk to developers, self-taught or, or have been to coding to I'm joined today by Pauline Narvas, who is a developer from the UK. How's it going?
1: Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, no worries. Your yes. career seems to be like flourishing very nicely. Oh. You have moved from like doing more UI work to doing like devops. Mm -hmm. We're just going to be talking about how you learned to code without a CS degree and your various impressive career achievements today. Oh,
1: thank you. Uh,
0: (laughs) No, no worries. Um, Yeah. So start off, you don't have a CS degree or a master's or PhD in rocket science or anything like that. No rocket
1: science, no. (laughs) Unfortunately (laughs) not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, There's still time. Uh, How did you get into coding originally then?
1: Oh, I love this question. I could literally talk about this forever, but basically it all started when I was quite young. I used to enjoy creating like little websites um, when I was around like eight years old. This was like 2003, 2004, 2005, something like that. During that time, I just enjoyed creating like websites um, for my own sort of, it was sort of like my own online diary so I used to blog even then and back then blogging had a completely different term it was mostly like personal blogging where people would be like today I saw a turtle and it was really cool so I I used to uh, post stuff like that and so as part of that I wanted to create like a website that housed that like blog but also I used to enjoy creating like um Fan sites as well. So I used to love High School Musical. I had a phase. I, to be honest, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm still in the phase now. But <laughs> I used to create all these like different uh, websites, and that was me completely just playing around with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Because back then there wasn't really all these like amazing courses that you can you could take. And so it was literally me spending hours on the computer removing like different tags trying out different things removing different like elements from style from the style sheet and just seeing what happens and it was really really cool it was like a lot of exploring and trial and error and then eventually when uh, i went to school it was time to like choose my career and like it was i still think it's quite early for anyone to be subjected to what should you be doing for the next 20 years but that was Uh. that, that is the system isn't it yeah um and so i ended up choosing going down the medical field because my parents really wanted to have a doctor in the family and they they sort of pushed me into it because they were like it's a really stable job it's a stable field and I just sort of went with it and then I ended up going to um, university um, and I studied biomedical sciences because fun fact I failed my medical exam to get into medicine
0: <laughs> and, so,
1: and so that's why I went to do biomed because then you there was like a there's an opportunity to do the biomed degree and then move on to uh, medicine but I ended up just you know doing biomed and then it wasn't until my second year at university, where I realized that this isn't for me. I was genuinely pushed into it. And, you know, even though I find a lot of interest in certain things like uh, human biology, for example, um, how diseases uh, affect us and stuff like that, I just didn't have that much of a passion for it. And luckily around that time, I discovered the community at Sheffield um, University, which is the university I went to um they had a community called code first girls and they were looking for a um a few female students to go onto their like course to learn the basics of web development and i'm actually wearing their like um their hoodie right now i'm repping them every day (laughs) it's so good Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah so so yeah and then i they were like we need some students i went in despite already knowing some of the basics but that was where i found my love for tech that was where I connected with other women uh, who were also interested in, um, you know, in tech. And I, it just blew my mind that you could actually do this and that, you know, I there was a place for me because I could see there was a lot of other female developers in the room. I was like, oh, my God, this is a career path. And so for, for my remaining time at university, I sort of pursued this on the side. So I continued with my degree in biomed. I did all the courses, uh, did my dissertation. But then on the side, I um, worked with Code First Girls, helping teach more women across the university how to code. So that was covering things like HTML, CSS, Git, JavaScript, Bootstrap and stuff like that. Um, And I did that for the next like three years at university and around the same time, I found a lot of tech community groups around uh, locally in my local area and they just opened my mind to what is possible and so by the time i finished and graduated from the university with my biomed degree <laughs> with my piece of paper like woo, <laughs> i graduated <laughs> yeah. uh, but i'm not probably not going to use this but after i graduated uh, from that i was looking at like jobs and next steps and i interviewed at quite a few places like startups big companies big tech um for several different roles and then i eventually landed a spot on the bt graduate scheme and for those who don't know bt are a huge telecommunications company here in the uk and they have um like different like engineering hubs and one of the engineering hubs that i like applied to was in leeds which is like local to uh well, it was close by to sheffield and so i ended up moving to leeds after i graduated and then i entered tech that way and then you know i did a 2 year graduate scheme which enabled me to really understand what working in tech is like because when i was part of all these community groups a lot i heard from a lot of speakers who were working in the industry and i got a good idea of what it was like to work there but nothing ever prepares you for your first job and then you are you're actually sat there you're actually going through the motions and so i'm really to this day, I'm still very grateful to BT for for the opportunity. And so, yeah, I, I did two years, four different rotations because it was a graduate scheme. um So I did different rotations between different teams. And the four rotations I did was in like I learned things like architecture, front end development, and which just which I, which was something I was already sort of good at already because you know I've been you know, hobbies and uh, Code First Girls communities and stuff like that. And then eventually my third and fourth rotation in- introduced me to the world of DevOps and site reliability engineering and all that cool stuff and the cloud. And then I found out about AWS and all that cool stuff. And that's sort of how I landed my new job, which I started just this year in January, 2021, where I am a DevOps engineer now. and. It's been such a journey because I've gone from, you know, learning the basics of front-end development in my own time as a hobby, creating those fan sites, to then learning more about like React, uh, like modern frameworks and stuff like that through just communities and, you know, experimenting in my own time. And then I got into the grad scheme and then I got introduced to a whole world of like enterprise tech and all sorts of stuff and then DevOps and cloud which is where I am now. So I I feel like I'm sort of everywhere in tech, but right now I'm trying to focus on DevOps and I still like look at other technologies, but right now my focus is in DevOps and cloud. So that's me, that's how I got into tech.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, that's so cool. Um, So you're talking about Code for girls. I think like on the blog interview you did on nocs3.com you were saying that i think when you're at school you're in a maybe in a classroom where it's like yes only boys and it's like you for learning like i guess computing or yeah whatever you'd call it in school nowadays yeah um but like obviously code first girls is totally different because you're surrounded yeah. by women so yeah how important was that for you
1: oh my gosh like it was so important so just for a bit of context for those who haven't read the article but basically i did a gcse in computing i think nowadays it's called like computer science maybe i don't even know what's called nowadays but um yeah so i did that and i was in a room of just mostly uh, boys and i remember i had comments thrown at me like you should be in textiles textiles is upstairs go and do art or something oh and yeah and it was really off-putting and so when you're in that environment you're ov- you obviously don't feel welcome so you don't when i was choosing my subjects and my parents were like you should go and do this medical degree or like go into biomed and i saw more women in it doing those subjects i was like okay because at least when I'm in biology, no one like says mean things to me, you know what I mean? I just, you know, I just get off with it and no one like judges me or anything or tries to exclude me. And so that's sort of what another reason like that motivated me to go down that path. And so it is really, really important. And it wasn't until I met the the Code First Girls community, it opened so many doors for me. But also, I think the most important thing that I I got from Code Girls is that community aspect, and actually realizing that there is space for women like me, people who look like me, in, in technology, and it's not just like you know that horrible experience that in that computing class. And so it is really important to to be able to um, see people who are similar to you in your in the place you're you're working or a, uh, an industry that interests you. And that's why I'm, I'm so like involved in diversity and inclusion initiatives across, across the board. I think if, if you're on Twitter <laughs> and you, um, look at all these like diversity inclusion stuff, I always, I'm probably there. I'm probably like an active member of something. It's just because I like surrounding myself with those types of people because it reminds me that there is a, there is a place for me in tech. And I'm glad that it's, you know, it's improving day by day I want to say but there is still a lot of work to be done but yeah that's that's what Codeverse Girls taught me and I'm forever grateful for them for that.
0: That, that totally makes sense and I gonna concede as well what you're saying about choosing biomed because that doesn't sound like a fun experience surrounded by people mm. saying why are you here? <laughs> yeah why
1: are you here so, exactly like yeah, I'm already yeah. doubting myself like why do I need you to Add to the fire, you know what I mean.
0: How's it been learning DevOps? Because you did like the AWS exams. Yes. Been, like keeping track of your career on Twitter and LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you. And, Thanks for being so yeah. invested
1: as me. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Well, this is how I find my my podcast and YouTube. Yes, yeah, that's is, like, it. You know, tell me like how how was it learning that.
1: Yeah, um, so again, like like I mentioned, I was part of a graduate scheme with BT, which again, very, very grateful for, because it opened my eyes to a lot of different areas of tech that I think when you first, you know, get into tech, a lot of people sort of, you know, when, when you ask yourself, okay, I want to get into tech, what should I go into? People sort of throw front end development, you know, you know, create a website. And I understand, I understand why people go for that first because um, you have that visual aid to like show you when you're coding something, you have something visual to say, okay, that's what that line of code did. And so I understand why people like, uh, go go towards that and so that's sort of where like I came from as well that's that's why I got into tech because I saw I started playing around with bits of code and then I saw a visual thing and it felt really good to be able to see what I worked on and so when I got into my grad scheme I already sort of had this idea in mind I was like I want to be a software engineer focusing on UI development I already know this is what I want to do but I said to myself this grad scheme is a good idea just to like see what else is out there Um, just in case maybe UI development isn't what I actually want to do. And so I tried to go in with an open mind, but if I'm being really honest with you, I already had a job in mind and I was just going to go through the motions, go through the grad scheme, and then by the end of it, try and get a job as a um, front-end developer or software engineer. I was already sort of set in my ways. But then when it got to my third rotation in my second year of the graduate scheme, I was looking at all the different teams and I was like, what can I go into now? And I had to choose something. And I almost went to another team that was, again, they, they needed a UI developer. So I nearly went into that because it was what I was comfortable in. But then I was like, oh, this sounds interesting DevOps. Like um, I joined a team called Platform Services. I was like, I don't really understand what Platform Services is. I don't understand what what they mean by a platform. You know, stuff like that. And so I was like, you know what? It's only six months of my um, graduate scheme because that's how the rotations work. You you move from one team to the other and they all last six months. So I was like, six months of my life. Why not? Let's give it a go. <laughs> and so I threw myself into that. Um, the first few weeks was very difficult. Like go- going from someone who is who's much, a very visual person to then like looking at a terminal from nine to five and being like, what the hell is going on (laughs) you know (laughs) and you know navigating different virtual machines i like in my brain i just couldn't imagine it because all my life i've been like aligning divs and trying to center divs and trying to like color different backgrounds and stuff so i just didn't know about all this stuff and so it was really tough but then the more i pushed through it the more i was like wow this is actually interesting like i in that in that rotation, I learned things um, like AWS, like learning about how virtual machines are live in the cloud and um, things like uh, other technologies like Terraform that provision those machines in the cloud. So then I started to understand the whole concept of infrastructure as code, which is essentially just, you know, you're creating your like web servers or a database um, servers and whatever, but you just, specify it in like a file like in a terraform file or whatever and then you run a command and it creates it on aws or google cloud platform or whatever you can do it in like minutes and that blew my mind when i started to think about it a bit more i was like oh my god can you imagine how fast it would be to deploy all of these services um it like as a, a large enterprise or even a startup can you imagine if you could like Put all of the infrastructure that you have in as code, and then deploy it everywhere, like infinitely. I was like, just it was just <laughs> it just blew my mind. And then the more uh, I dug into that, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And the more I dug into that, and the more I dug into like things about learning about Linux systems, SSHing into different machines, and like um just learning all these different linux commands i felt like a hacker and i loved it yeah (laughs) i like i really really enjoyed it and eventually like over the six months i started looking at terminal and then i remember there was at one point i was doing like a side project where i was rebuilding my uh, portfolio And I looked at React again, and I was so frustrated because I couldn't do something on like the style sheets. And I was like, oh, that's so annoying. I don't know. And sort of my brain switched from thinking very much uh, on the UI side of things to like thinking about the back end. How does this Mm. fit in with this? And how does it talk to each other rather than just focusing on like the front end? And it was, it just blew my mind. And that like switch in my brain ever since I've just been sort of almost addicted to understanding all the different pieces and how they um, speak to each other and now i've moved into a new company it's been interesting to understand how all these different microservices work and how like using technologies like kubernetes or chef for more legacy systems how they how they work to like sort of command the servers that we have and how to how to fix problems and and just stuff like that, You know, I've been, there's been times where I, you know, during my time at BT and my, in my current place, I've been like digging in systems, trying to find the different problems. And it's, it's become like a puzzle that I love. I I just love to solve. I don't know. I can't really explain it, but it's, it's different to like the front end side of of things. And so I I just threw myself in that. And now I'm like, I, I absolutely love it. And it's just opened my mind to all the different possibilities that there are in tech, um, especially like AWS. Like I-, I could talk about AWS for like hours, but like I won't, <laughs> um, but but yeah, AWS, that's a whole different um, thing, but it's it's amazing what you could do in the cloud and what AWS have provided in terms of like products and services for for developers, for enterprises to like get up and get started and get going to really you know speed up that process of getting their products into market or whatever it's like it's just so inspiring it's so great and yeah so yeah as part of like the aws learning i did two certifications for it so i did the uh, certified cloud practitioner which is like the foundational uh, cert, and then late last year i did my aws solutions architect associate exam which Focuses more on all the different services uh, across AWS and how, if you were like a solutions architect, how would they speak to each other, and how would you design certain systems? So if you had like a three-tier system, how would they all talk to each other? Um, and and yeah, so I learned so much from that, and I'm just getting started as well. So it's just it's just cool. <laughs> I've been in DevOps for just as a disclaimer, I've been in DevOps for like about a year an hour and a half now. So still a lot to learn, but yeah, super exciting. Sorry if I went off there. I like you could tell how passionate about I am about this subject.
0: (laughs) No, that's cool I was gonna ask the Mm uh do you think you're someone that just likes learning in general? Like you just so like soaking things up like a sponge?
1: Oh yeah. I think yeah I think that's why I love my graduate scheme because every six months I could jump to the next thing and I could learn something else. And I think that's why um, I sort of like DevOps because I'm constantly learning something new like every single day. And I'm sure like, I'm not saying that I know everything about UI development and modern web applications. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's sort of activated the different aspects of my brain. And then now I'm hmm. like, I'm just sort of obsessed with like learning about it, you know?
0: Yeah, that's great. I think one of the really good things about coding well it depends how you what how you view things but i think there's always going to be new things to learn and oh, yes. it's a fast moving field and there's things that like for instance on the front end maybe like five years ago it'd be totally enough to just know like jQuery reference yes and that was like 10 years ago that was like mind-blowing and that like changed so many websites and so many developers Now everyone's using things like React and like modern frameworks. So I think if you like learning and you like discovering new things, tech is brilliant. Yes. Because there's lots of jobs where, you know, you know, if you're a lawyer, you're gonna do the same job pretty much for your whole career. Yeah, It's not gonna be, I mean, obviously you have to track changes in the law, but it's not things like, you're not gonna have to learn a completely new legal system or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think like tech, does offer a lot more if you're very intellectually curious.
1: Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Spot on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it'd be great to hear like how you felt kind of transitioning from being a junior developer to Mm -hmm. more of a kind of like mid-level role.
1: Yes, I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. uh, So, like I said, I was on that graduate scheme and throughout the two years on that grad scheme, it was very much, I was definitely like junior and I needed that support to, you know, sort of get myself up to speed. And I'm still trying to like get to grips with the differences between being a junior and mid and trying to like say it and describe it in a way that would make sense because for me, it's like a really subtle thing um and i've asked this on twitter before i think i've asked like how do you know when you've moved from a junior to a mid apart from like the massive pay rise and someone (laughs) telling you that you you are now a mid-level you are now in the mid-level role because if i'm being honest with you i still sometimes feel that um almost like imposter syndrome that i'm not i'm still like junior but like People have been saying, you are mid-level, like this role is mid-level that you have taken up. And yeah, I'm still yeah, trying to get my head around that. But I think the main differences for me is I'm a lot more like independent now. And and I'm a lot more like if someone gives me a task to do, um, like I pick up a ticket in, in from our board, I sort of like read it. Um, I sort of like understand the technologies that are involved the files that I need to edit, the changes that I have to make and the systems that it affects. So I have that much more overall awareness of how this technology fits into the service that I'm looking at or fits into an organizational um, like yeah, service or product or whatever. And so that's sort of like where my head's at now. I'm sort of thinking more about like, how, how that fit that all fits in, how does the technology that I'm like coding away, how does that fit into the wider thing? And like, how does that again fit in to the wider business, if that makes sense? Whereas when you're a junior, I don't know if this is just a unique experience from for, for my side, but I'm, when I was a junior, I was mostly focused on like me. I was focused on like my learning. So when I was going through courses, I was like, okay, I'm learning AWS. I'm going to get this um, AWS certification and it looks great on me, but I wouldn't really understand how to apply that knowledge. I just learned from that cert into real life. And so uh, it it took a bit longer for me to understand the link. So I could like, this is again, maybe another topic, but people tend to go through course after course, after course, after course, and it's all great. You've completed all these Udemy courses, but then, the thing, the test, the proper test to see if you actually understand and you, you got a good grasp of what you learned from those courses is to apply it to like maybe a system at work or like a side project or whatever and I think that's what that's sort of what the jump was for me. So I went from like okay I need to learn all these technologies, learning all these technologies to then knowing the technologies, being able to write stuff from scratch And if a ticket is sent my way, I'm like, yeah, I have a general idea of how to tackle this and I can then relate it back to our own systems rather than just like, oh, let me complete this ticket that uses this specific uh, technology and then move it. And then that's it, if that makes sense. Whereas when I became like more of a mid-level role, I have started to understand how everything sort of like fits together and um yeah i think that is the main thing but to be honest with you i started my mid-level job this year and i'm still like trying to get to grips with everything and like i said it's the transition is really strange to me and i don't i don't know it's like i'm always i always ask senior engineers when do you know you're a senior and they can't answer it either because it's such a weird it's such a tough question i don't know yeah um, but that would be my answer, I think, for that one.
0: Okay, nice one. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, it's really good to hear about what you're saying about Udemy courses, because yes. like, they are a great way to learn. Although I think like a lot of people, it's very easy to like, snag all of them when they're yes. on sale. Special oh, yes. note, never yeah. buy Udemy course at full price. It will yes. be on sale tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, it will, uh, exactly. L- uh, for like $15 instead of 200. So, um, but yeah, I guess there's a common thing where it's like, you know, tutorial how for people are mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll just buy another course. So yeah, I guess your advice is kind of like use what you've learned to have kind of make something from scratch. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think so the more of-
1: independent you become, you jump from that like junior way of thinking to more of a like, oh yeah, cool. Like I, I know, if someone gives me this problem, like create a website and deploy it serverlessly or whatever, then what would, what would you do? And you'd sort of like start to add all the pieces together. Uh, anyway, that's, that is my experience uh, for, for from like going from junior to mid, but I guess it really awesome. depends on the person. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Another thing I should ask is when you're doing your interview for your current company, yes. I mean, were they totally cool with you? Being self taught, you don't have a computer science degree or anything like that. You got a biomed degree, were they were they killed with that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really refreshing nowadays to see more companies not have that requirement. But yeah, when I interviewed, they didn't even ask. Like, you know, when I introduced myself in the interview, I would talk about my degree and I would be like, Yeah, I did the biomed degree just to make sure that they're they're aware of what they're they sort of expecting from me and most of the time when i've taught in interviews and i've said i have a biomed degree no one says anything about it they're just like okay cool awesome yeah and then they move on to my experience my actual hands-on experience as yeah. a uh, as an engineer and they go from there yeah.
0: so that's really cool i should plug as well if you're looking for a job and you don't have a cs degree check out nocsok.com, which is the sister site to no cs degree I share tons of jobs every week that don't require degrees. Sorry. I've had
1: to browse myself.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, That's they're really great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really cool. Like if, whenever someone gets a job from the mailing list, it's, yeah, it's super nice. But people message me being like, oh, yeah, I got a job now from from it. So, yeah, nocsok.com. And yeah, moving on, I was just wondering if you could talk about blogging. As a developer, a massive like Pandora's I talk about box this, yeah. of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I guess more specifically, like you've got a job at a company, but you're also blogging as a developer. Mm-hmm. Like specifically, how do you approach that, and how do you feel about that? Because some people might be like, "Oh, I don't want to blog about it. I don't know self doubt, self doubt mm-hmm. as a developer." Well, these people next to me are paying me a lot of yes. money to be a developer. So, anything you can talk to us about that?
1: That's a really good point. Thanks for bringing that up. First and foremost, like on my blog, I am very honest about a lot of things, and I tend to say like I have a podcast as well, and my intro is I am a professional oversharer because I am. <laughs> but I and I sort of don't have that shame shame in that because I think um I don't know I genuinely believe and I've always held this belief that you need to be as authentic as you can um online because there's not many people that who is um a lot of people you know put on a show and that's 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 great for them it works for them whatever but I feel like more and more people nowadays are starting to suss those people out and they're People are more are craving more of those genuine connections and those genuine people. And so I am I try to be as authentic as possible on my blog. And so if I'm experiencing imposter syndrome and I I want to write about it and I write a blog post about it, I share it on LinkedIn where I'm connected to a lot of my professional network then I'm like I'm sort of fine with it and it might just be like a personal value of mine just to be as honest as possible and so I tend not to care as much yeah. just because yeah, yeah. um just because like I am just trying to be as authentic as possible and I tend to go towards the companies that sort of align with my values and so if I would never want to work at a place where they say no you no, you can't experience imposter syndrome no, you can't like doubt yourself blah 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 because it's a mm. human thing to doubt yourself and you know so that's why um, I, I do try to like blog as authentically as possible. but in terms of like like my approach to like creating like content in general and uh, views from my employer, the first thing is, um when i was at bt there were several occasions where i told myself um if 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 i was writing about bt for example uh which i have done uh, quite a few times actually on my blog if you are interested on the grad scheme i wrote about my full experience there over the two years in a specific category if anyone wants to uh, deep dive on that but um when i when i would talk about something specifically to bt we have a social media policy and I remember going into that policy, rereading it, just making sure that what I create doesn't like, um, like upset anyone, and doesn't upset or you know break some sort of company policy. And so far in my current job I'm at, at BT, I, I read through it, and nothing like that said, "No, you can't blog about, or you can't post about um, the company on social media, you can't share your experience, or whatever." And so there is that factor. So if anyone's like a engineer or developer looking to start creating content or writing blog posts about their experiences as a developer I would say first make sure that you check your company's policy just to make sure it all aligns with like I don't know if I don't know if this is like a real if this is like an occurrence anywhere, but maybe some companies don't like it when you post about them, maybe it's completely banned. So again, that's something you just need to make sure that you read and you're very clear about before you start posting content. Because the last thing you want is some like, I don't know, repercussions from posting about your like your journey or whatever. But you know what, so far I've not heard that at all. So yeah, that. but it's still important to like double check and just like vlog as authentically as possible like I think my general rule of thumb is if I'm not like upsetting anyone and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus including the company then it's fine with me and I've had conversations with managers before who have managed me and my current manager as well and they're all happy with me to continue writing about my experiences and writing about um you know, things I've learned and stuff like that, and it's completely fine with them. So again, it might differ company to company, but that's something that you you should just like, bear in mind. And yeah, I hope that answered that question.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I guess I've heard like of certain American companies where they're like, I mean, our American friends are quite litigious, so (laughs) definitely maybe check if you're an American about blogging. I know i know like one or two companies that I won't name are like, oh you yeah. can't talk about politics or you can't. Oh yes, yes, bad. I've heard that. But idea. um yeah, I think I would say definitely check with the company if you're working there. But I would suspect if you're talking about coding and it's not like dreadfully like controversial, you No, yeah. Like, yeah, they'll probably be fine. Yeah, and also um, it's
1: not like you're like copying and pasting your company's code base and putting it live on the blog. Like don't yeah, do that. Don't, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's a, I mean, there's a sense that. of common sense that you sort yeah, of have to, like, yeah.
0: Here are the security flaws for our <laughs> yeah. company's website.
1: Let me here's, tell you all about
0: it. <laughs> here's the back door to our website where you can like download the database and
1: exactly, leak yeah. our
0: customer data. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so not that, not that. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering from your kind of past UI work, mm-hmm. do you have any like special tips for finding design inspiration or like improving your design skills as a developer?
1: That is such a good question, and I wish I could give you like the best answer for that. But most that, of my that's design... why you're
0: here. Yeah. You
1: <laughs> I wish I wish I could, but it's like you know what? I feel like you know what? Out of everything, I experienced imposter syndrome over. Design is my biggest like imposter syndrome. Like I, d- I feel okay. like a massive fraud just because um all of the stuff that I've ever designed, it usually goes through my little brother. My little brother, he's 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 a lot younger than me, but he's really into tech. He's really into design, and whenever I need something designing, I ask for his help because he has like the eye, you know? He yeah. has like this eye for like how the colors work together and how things should be placed so normally like my blog pauline.com spelled p-a-w-l-e-a-n.com that design was like i I had a general idea of where i wanted to put the different elements but then my brother came in and he was like actually you should like make this more uh, bold you should make you should add this feature onto your website for accessibility different colors different like styles he's the one who like designs all my stuff so i'm terrible maybe maybe my advice would be like find a friend who's good at this (laughs) friends or family Uh, and then get inspiration from them
0: (laughs) yeah no i mean like asking i ask for people for help all the time like as a developer and entrepreneur which i think is actually like um yeah it's a really good advantage because i guess Mm -hmm. Some people maybe don't like asking for help, or they're like, yeah. for whatever reason, asking people that are good at design for help would be, like, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, tip.
1: yeah, that's yeah. that's my that's where I get my inspiration. So
0: <laughs> nice one. Well, I was just gonna like end the show with a few questions, yes, quick fire. So- Who's your favorite developer on YouTube?
1: Oh my God, that's such a quick, oh, oh, I'm (laughs) scared now. Okay, so if I think right now, I'll I'll name two. Um, So the first person that I've been learning a lot from in my DevOps journey is um, Tech World with Nina or Nana. Sorry if I said her name wrong. Um, And she's really good. She goes through DevOps tips and has several different courses coming out and it's really, really, really good. And then the second person is Temi and her youtube channel i think is simple code x or simple x code and she is a former bt grad colleague and she is like fantastic i think you interviewed her but she's fantastic she's been like she's on youtube and she she's been sharing her journey into tech and i love her videos i love how they've they're created i love how like I relate to a lot of them, and I just I love all the content that she puts out. So yeah, those are my top two. I'm so sorry if I butchered the names.
0: <laughs> hey, they're not my names. I don't care. <laughs> I'll send them right to you somehow.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Favorite course, like if you had to recommend, someone who doesn't have CS3, they want to learn to code. Favorite course.
1: My favorite course of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a cloud guru getting into okay. the cloud. Um, they have a course called um, Intro to the Cloud the Intro to Cloud Computing or something like that and they, I love I love that course and if people who are interested in not just like front-end development and stuff like that are more into the cloud and DevOps A Cloud Guru courses are the way to go and that one in particular really helped me so yeah, those ones
0: <laughs> Awesome and finally, favourite developer to follow on Twitter?
1: Can I save me?
0: yeah sure sure (laughs) no okay
1: no i'm kidding let me think of someone um oh my god um i'm on twitter like right now just quickly checking my favorite developer has to be you know what i'm gonna drop you know what someone i actually really enjoy following is um jennifer opal um and i don't know if you've um heard of her before, but the reason I like following her on Twitter is she's very open about her whole journey into tech and how she's figuring things out. And she's also a DevOps engineer, and I think I just relate a lot to her story. So yeah, I, I enjoy following her and I enjoy like reading her tweets all the time. So
0: nice one, yeah. The name rings bell. Uh, so if I don't follow her already, I'll follow her now. Yes, yeah.
1: definitely. Nice you have one. to.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. Let's go. Cool okay thanks a lot for being on the show just to finish off where can people find out more about you
1: so if you go on my website paulienervas.com you can pretty much find all the links on there so my twitter instagram youtube blog github if you want to look at my code it's all there so um so yeah that's probably the best place to go first and that should lead you to all the different places that i exist on the internet
0: Awesome. And what's your Twitter username?
1: Uh, my Twitter username is Paulina, but it's that like, oh my God, it's so hard. I don't even know. I need to change that Twitter username. But it's P P A U L I E N U H
0: Paulina. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. I've got friends that have got Twitter names that are just like completely random that they just chose when yeah, they're well, a teenager yeah, this and, is... and now, they're, now they're just stuck with
1: them. Yeah, so that's the reason with, for my username as well. I've had it for so long that I have an emotional attachment and I can't I can't remove
0: it. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Cool, well, yeah, thanks again for being on the show. It's been great chatting to you. You can also check this out on nocsdegree.com where I've interviewed over 100 developers about learning to code all without CS Degree. So yeah, thanks again for being on the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.